If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. And the goalkeeper wasn't ready because I know you can, if you've watched uh, some of Ben Foster's uh, videos before, he has said to the referee when the attacking team gets a free. Hang on, let me just continue for a second. We're talking theories. This isn't an episode of WandaVision. Hello and welcome back once again to the Off the Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter as always, Bradley Morris. How are you on this rather dull March afternoon? We're almost one year into the time where the world just ended. Oh, I know. I mean, this time last year, people weren't really worrying about it here in the UK. Brexit was still the main talk. I actually had a good trim. Life was decent. Ish. I had a good trim. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not dwell on the past too much. Or past as in a year ago, we'll dwell on the past of the past week and in the Premier League. And there is a lot of talking points as ever to get across. And there's only one place we can start, and that is at Stamford Bridge between Chelsea and Manchester United. Now, the game itself wasn't the most entertaining games Uh for either side they cancelled each other out rather well and it made out to be a boring nil-nil game I'm annoyed uh, you're making me go in depth on this I've never been so bored all season it's not in depth on the whole game because like we said there's not much happened and the two sides cancel each other out very well but it's the incident that happened uh, between Callum Hudson, Adoy, and the Mason Greenwood. So, United. You just refer to him then as the Mason Greenwood. Is he at that status now? Did I call him the Mason Greenwood? That's what it sounded like from my end. If I did, I apologise. Uh, I didn't think I did. Um, I think you hold him, hold him in high esteem, but <laughs> calm down. Yeah. So. Follow you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was the penalty incident where the ball had fired off Hudson Odoi's arm and uh, there was claims for a penalty. Um, initially, I when I saw it, I thought I wasn't too sure who it handballed off. I thought, or was it Greenwood's hand or was it actually um, Hudson Odoi's? And then on the replays, you could clearly see it hit off Callum Hudson Odoi's uh, hand. But uh, the referee, Stuart Atwell, went over to VAR and uh, decided that a penalty shouldn't be given in favour of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side and that it uh, should remain nil-nil and carry on. Now, after the game, Luke Shaw came out and said uh, that he could overhear Harry Maguire saying to the referee, uh, the referee saying to Harry Maguire that I can't give this penalty because it looks bad on me and it will cause a lot of controversy which if that was true 
which doesn't seem to be the case now because it seems to say Harry Maguire's came out to Man United officials and said Luke Shaw misheard what was said. But if that was the case, then Stuart Atwell shouldn't be refereeing a game again. I'd say this referee held it to that rule, though, with no referees left in the Premier League. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you can't be saying you can't give it because it will cause a lot of controversy. It's either a penalty or it's not a penalty. He's basically mm. gone. He's gone to to Maguire. Well, listen, has yeah. Like, <laughs> can't really be giving it. You know, like, did you see what happened to me, mate, yesterday? Like, <laughs> yeah, but surely if you give it, then you'll get abuse from the other fans as well. Yeah, but Chelsea fans are worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous because. Well, for me, to quick clarify because it's important. But I said, what's the handball rule this week? But there isn't a handball rule this week, it seems, because yeah. it should it should be uh, a simple. If it touches your hand anywhere from below the shoulder blade, it's a handball, and you, you can say it was clear Hudson Odoi's hand wasn't in a natural position, so therefore it should have been given as a penalty. Rule should be if you're running with your arms like flailing it's a schoolgirl, and then the ball hits that hand, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no idea what he was doing. But I mean, okay, that's the end of that incident in terms of that. But what I want to say is, right, say if United went on to win that game 1 0. Yeah. And then they. Yeah, I'm not saying they would have done. Right. So that's three points. I mean, that's nice going closer, getting closer to second place uh, or securing second place for the end of the season, which is the money talk in this aspect. However, now, say if United miss out on second place to Leicester City or someone else by goal difference, and it's just down to one goal, and that can then be attributed to that Stuart Atwell decision yesterday, United could be losing out. To, I think it was about between 1.7 and 2 million pounds, right? Now, as the club of Man United stature, that's not a lot of money, is it? Man, you're going to miss out on two million. Oh. Yeah, but say if this was oh, a small... Outrage. Say if this was a Get small... the government involved. Would you shut up for a second? If this was a smaller club and that was the decision between staying up and being relegated by one goal... And they go down and lose that. Fans will come back on it. <laughs> <laughs> then you realise that it's a, it's an absolutely ridiculous decision because clubs need the money in these current times because of the COVID and the fact that a man could could technically I know it's down to United for not scoring other goals in the rest of that game, but that decision could have a, a massive impact on United financially in the long term. Which is ridiculous if that is the case. It would be how high are the chances of it actually causing serious, serious debt issues with Man U. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't see it being too much uh, difference. But I think, like we've said in the past with VAR, there needs to be a clear set of rules and you have to follow them, not just each referee have their own interpretation of the rules each week because it just seems to be getting worse as the season's progressing now. Oh, don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> it's just, honestly, I, I, it, 
I know we've had like a week or two where we haven't really spoke about it, but it seems like every other week on this podcast since we started it back in November, we've literally been talking about VAR every other week. Well, I've been discussing it. How do we not have the VAR klaxon at this point? <laughs> <laughs> because we would have broken, that's why. We would have used it that much, it would have broken. And then obviously the other big talking point in Premier League regarding... Uh, refereeing decision took place at the Hawthorns and the Saturday 3 o'clock game. Before we start, was it in the last episode we were begging for a certain referee appointment to make this game interesting? Mike D. Was was, was it a different game? Because I've forgotten. No, we did say we asked for Mike Dean on the previous show to make this game interesting. Didn't need him. However, it was Lee Mason that made it interesting. So West Bromwich Albion won the game 1-0. Lee Mason. Right, that's... Yeah. I mean, so the incident was... Lewis Stunk... uh, So Brian awarded a free kick on the half-hour mark, close to goal, and West Brom were setting up the players for the wall, and... Uh, dunked, the referee blew the whistle Dunk took it quickly and scored it but before the ball had crossed the line the referee had blew, blew his whistle again Was it even before, before the line? Because when I yeah. was looking and it matched the line it's either on the line or just slightly past it Yeah but not all of the ball had crossed the line no, It's just So they had to then there was a lot of commotion as to why he'd blown the whistle again Now as far as I'm aware as of today time recording the Premier League haven't came out with a full written reason as to why where was the PGML statement I don't know there hasn't been a statement or anything saying as of why he did that uh, decision now I have seen a lot of theories saying uh, maybe because the West Ham wall weren't ready and the goalkeeper wasn't ready because I know you can if you've watched uh, some of Ben Foster's uh, videos before, he has said to the referee Listen, when the, the attacking team gets a free... Hang on, let me just continue uh, for a second. Uh, sorry, we're talking theories. This isn't an episode of WandaVision. Not <laughs> <laughs> um, you've seen the, in a Ben Foster vlog saying he goes to the ref, ref can you do it on the whistle so I can get my wall ready and myself ready. Yet, earlier in the season, Lewis Dunk was able to take a quick free kick and I think he subsequently scored from it as well. So there hasn't been any reason. I mean, I've seen an angle where it looks like the Brighton players aren't a yard away from the West Brom wall, which is the rule which came into force. I think the start of this season, players have to be a yard away from players in the wall. So the attacking team do. So there isn't any like jostling or fighting for position anymore in terms of that. Um, it could have been because someone swore on the pitch, and Lee Mason's obviously heard that and called it back for that. So there isn't. Oh, you said the word, did you? I'm not on that son. There's no clear and definitive answer, and I think uh, what's frustrated Brighton uh, is there is there's been no clarification as to why he blew it twice. Yeah. Anything Lee Mason's blown this week is maybe a hammy. <laughs> After an undisclosed injury, apparently he stopped him being the full official. <laughs> uh, the Liverpool game, was it? Yeah. Mm. Um, but apart from that, uh, Brighton did then uh, miss two penalties in that game, uh, despite dominating in terms of attacking threats. If we uh, go away possession. from the whole 
massive talking about. They're just overshadows this game. Brighton might just be the least clinical team I've ever seen. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'm just looking here now at the stats from the game. They had 15 shots and only six on target. That's just this game. You can go back to the Palace one in last time, and now you can go as far back as the one against Dallas. Mm. It's, rid- it's ridiculous. Like, Pal- was Palace last week? Monday, yeah. Yeah, so in their last two games, they've had 60 shots. And they haven't scored one. <laughs> that is Jesus Christ. I know we've been joking about Timo Werner in the league earlier on in the uh, year, but I think Brighton need to get into the uh, the conversation of fraud, watchful... Uh, Danny Welbeck only scores if he's playing a team in Clarendon Blue. Or a team he used to play against. Uh, play for, sorry. Uh, important three points for Sam Allardyce's side and though it's still a big gap between themselves and Newcastle United outside the relegation zone with uh, nine points Given the start of our results it was a a step in the right track for them Yes, I guess still a lot required them and I still don't really see them getting out of it Mm. Speaking of Newcastle United, they drew 1-1 with Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Jamal LaSalle scored just after the second half for Steve Bruce's side. And then Ruben Nevers pulled Wolves level 20 minutes from time. Um, I've got to say, I think points evenly split there. I think it was a really deserved appointment for either side. I don't know if it was just me, but in the whole lot's package I saw, were Newcastle actually playing on the front foot for a change? At times they were. They seemed to be quite attacking for them, which was quite surprising, like you said, for just, what we've seen of Newcastle. That is a miracle. Yeah, but um, I think overall, point for either side is uh, warranted. And, yeah, but you gotta it's, some, it's summed up their season, though, this year, hasn't it? Because like last year, this would be a game that they would comfortably win. But this season, I'm not surprised that they drew against Newcastle at all. Um, then elsewhere on Saturday, the lunchtime kickoff took place at the Etihad Stadium between Manchester City and West Ham. And it was Pep Guardiola side that won once again, thanks to Ruben Diaz and John Stone scoring the goals, whilst Mikel Antonio scored a consolation goal for West Ham just before half-time. I mean... <sighs> What haven't we already said about this Man City team? Twenty. Yeah. It's, they're phenomenal. <laughs> We're supposed to be bigging them up, but now we've run out of things to say. Yeah, because they're playing such good football and... And no one else is on their level. Yeah. And, like, they're doing this without having, uh, like... Um, yeah, Aguero started on Saturday, but they've been doing this great form without him. Mm. They seem to do good, even um, like for me, I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves this summer. Because I think is it this summer his contract's up? Oh, I don't remember, but I felt I also felt the same. Like his time's coming to an end a little bit. Yeah, like it w- it would make sense if say whether it's this season or next season that his contract ends Man City decide to move on from him because you can clearly see that they don't really need him yes he'll still score the goals for them 
when need be. But it doesn't surprise me that Pep Guardiola's side have uh, sort of moved on. Yeah, so this is his last mm. season, last few months with the team. Yeah. But, don't need a, you don't need a striker when you've got your makeshift for a pair of DS and Stones. <laughs> scoring the goals in that way, really. Absolutely incredible. Um, although, not too... although, if there's one last thing, Shakara Kevin De Bruyne is like, the best assist maker in the league. Yeah, I mean, I'm that not surprised. When he's <laughs> Some of the stuff he does is just purely majestic. It really is a joy to watch Kevin De Bruyne. Um, if there's actually one last big dull West Ham, yeah, really good account of themselves. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's what I'm gonna say. Although they did lose the game, they really can can't be too disappointed, and they can hold their uh, heads high with the result. But um, definitely not too worrying. And I don't think it's like the beginning of the end for them. I think they're still on course for a really uh, good season for themselves. And then the final game that took place on Saturday took place at Elland Row between Leeds United and Aston Villa. And it was Anwar Al-Ghazi who scored the only goal of the game after five minutes for <laughs> Dean Sniff's side. Sorry, you, you said that wrong. Why? Because he's now christened Cristiano Al-Ghazi. It is good month again. Like, I don't know what's happened. Like, obviously amazing in December. Then he went really bad for a while. And now he's back. Uh, it was... Um, like we said on the previous show, it's one of them games where you like... You kind of expect Villa to struggle without Grealish. We oh, didn't know whether he was going to play or not. Villa Twitter, that we, they all thought we were going to get smashed. Yeah. So this win feels amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you stay level on points with Tottenham Hotspur. You've obviously played actually, again. We went there. down a place. This yeah, it's down to goal difference. That years have gone down a place, but um, it's still just three games in yeah. The only thing uh, about this game is uh, it's ruined Leeds' goal record of scoring the same amount as they've conceded this season. Mm. Uh, they're but, entertaining. Yes. Yeah. And, and then Leeds, I the pitch because they were all moaning after the game. Oh, Villa, they're so anti-football. Like, you're calling us anti-football. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's called managing your game against the opposition. Oh, 100 it is. Sorry, we'll I mean... just play attacking football and let you get moving to the gaps then for you to score. Yeah, you, you no team would do that. It'd be ridiculous to do so. On Sunday, the lunchtime kickoff at Selhurst Park between Palace and Fulham finished 0 0. Again, not the most entertaining games this. I mean, Fulham dominated in terms of position and shots, but. Oh, Jesus. Another dull early lunchtime game. Then, next up, uh, at the King Power well, Stadium. Actually, going back to the Palace, what was it I said weeks ago at the BBC and their shit choice of games? Yeah, they're always boring. I don't think they've actually had a team win. I think they've able to just had all draws. Now, some of them have been high scoring. Did Fulham not get their first win of the season? Was that not on the BBC? I can't remember if it was 
the first Fulham Palace one? Or was it Fulham West Brom? They've had three of them. I swear mm. Fulham have been all of them. <laughs> Why? What's going on there? No idea. Um, the hey, next. Where we're involved uh, in another. Go on. What about where we're involved in the boxing day one? I can't remember. It was months ago now. Um, okay, thank you. So at the King Power Stadium, Arsenal ran off 3 1 winners thanks to David Luiz, Alex Lacazette, and Nicolas Pepe with the goals for Mikel Arteta's side, whilst Yuri Tielemans scored the only goal of the game for Brendan Rodgers' side, who lost Harvey Barnes in the game due to a nasty injury. Um, I don't it's think still- there's been any. Have they had any visitors from Liverpool recently? I think so. They, they seem to be infected. <laughs> affected is a bit of an understatement. They did play Liverpool two games before this. So that's when the curse struck them. Because, I mean, I think I saw something uh, today. I don't know how true it is, but they've had maybe five or six players this season that haven't been injured, which is ridiculous. Although, still no excuse for losing to Arsenal, that's... Yeah, and yeah, good result for Mikel Arteta's side, they played really well, um, but you can't complain, got the results done. Uh, the result does see them stay in 10th place on 37 points, uh, whilst Leicester City remain in 3rd on 49. Then next up... Uh, uh, White Hart Lane, not White Hart Lane, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, even though it's technically still White Hart Lane. What he said, White Hart Lane, that was weird because my side, the connection, you made you sound like you said White Harland. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, Tottenham, you know, he's going Chelsea. <laughs> Tottenham ran out 4-0 winners against Burnley. Gareth Bale scoring a brace and assisting Harry Kane's goal whilst Lucas Moura scored the other goal. Um, okay, big question. Why is it Tottenham are the only team that are capable of smashing Burnley? Because uh, Sean Dyche is too busy thinking about two pints of lager and some crisps for Nick Pope. That's why. <laughs> well, actually, we're I mean, worth that given this performance. <laughs> definitely. Um... What's happened to Gareth Bale, by the way? Well, Why is it suddenly it's, become it's, good? It's this thing called actually playing them from the start and giving them a run of games. He's, Momentum. He's, actually, he's turned about the clock. He's turned about the years. He's oh, playing good. He's nine again. I think he's... Is it now he scored four goals and got three assists in his last couple of games? And granted, he's been playing Wolfsburger and Burnley. Yeah, but still, it's like I said, you can only uh, do what's given in front of you. He doesn't pick and choose who the sides he faces are. Uh, comfortable win for Spurs, never in doubt. Burnley didn't really threaten. Uh, really lose to Burnley. I have no idea. Didn't really threat Spurs that much. And like we said, Spurs now leapfrog Aston Villa based on goal difference, having played a game more despite being on the same point. And then the final game this weekend, that has happened because we're recording this pre-Everton versus Southampton, which is 8 o'clock. It took place at Bramall Lane between Sheffield United and Liverpool. And it was Jurgen Klopp's side that ran out 2-0 winners thanks to a Curtis Jones goal and a Keane Bryan own goal shortly after the hour mark. 
I mean, Liverpool have actually won a game again. Yeah, I mean, Prime Buffon, sorry, Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> Just trying to avoid <laughs> that. But... Yes, going to give him credit there. He did uh, make some excellent saves during that game. And I did think at one point Liverpool weren't going to score. And I thought they can't go on and lose this game, surely. But Curtis Jones made sure it didn't happen. Um, Jurgen Klopp's side will definitely be the happier out there. Um, happy with the result and managed to go the game unscathed without any defensive injuries, which is good news for them for once. I mean, if you've seen what they're like now, it's, it's oh, somehow yeah. getting worse. Mm, so that result leaves Liverpool in sixth place on 43 points, while Sheffield United remain rooted to the bottom of the table with 11 points with 12 games to go. So we're now on to the European section of it. And before we get on to the games itself, it's, there was some news come out earlier on this morning uh, regarding Barca Gate. So if you don't know what Barca Gate is, it is a scandal that uh, has been going around Barcelona since September of last year. And it's not now, that stuff on the pitch. Or... Uh, the Lionel Messi stuff over uh, where he wanted to leave. So this is a quick explainer from a Twitter account called Total Barca. So uh, everything I'm saying here is from them. So Barcagate alleges that former president Joseph Bartomeu hired a social media company, Uruguay-based i3 Ventures, to create fake accounts to publicly discredit people that he saw as his enemies. His victims included Xavi Puyol, Messi, Gerard Piquet, Pep Guardiola, Augusti Bendito and Victor Font. This programme was exposed back in February 2020 by Kadena Sir and prompted the resignation of six board members. At the time, Bartomeu and the club disavowed all knowledge of the campaign while acknowledging a relation with i3 Ventures. In July of 2020, an external audit conducted by PricewaterhouseCoopers cleared the board of any criminal wrongdoing but did underline a number of irregularities in the relationship between Barcelona and i3 Ventures. In September, Barcagate was in the media again, with new allegations being made about the way the campaign was financed. Documents leaked to El Mundo suggested that Bartomeu paid i3 Ventures six times the going rate for social media campaigns and that he personally profited from the deal. It was also revealed that Bartomeu st- staggered the payments to i3 ventures in a way that each one fell just below the threshold required for board approval in this way the services of i3 ventures were kept secret and the board members were not aware of the transactions this prompted a raid of the club offices by the internal catalan police force and potential corruption charges against bartomo uh, being and they were being investigated at the minimum so this is back in september los mossos have concluded that bar that the Barca gate affair is very much still alive. And as of today, uh, March the 1st, President Bartomeu has been arrested as well as two former board members as well. And this all on the eve that the new Barcelona presidential elections are set to take place this week as well is fucking crazy, isn't it? Can you go back to the start? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, just... so, uh... 
Yeah. A corrupt act. I mean, the shirt I'm wearing is fraudulent. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't even know Victor, what. You, I had you say Victor Fun, but isn't he trying to become the president? Um. So what it was, was I he, think, he wasn't one of the rumored names, was he? No, he wasn't one of the names that had been uh, arrested. He is one allegedly. of those allegedly. He's one that um, he was created a fake account by the uh, company i Free Ventures uh, to discredit him by um, Bartomeu. It's so funny to just think that. They hate them that much, so they're just going on creating Dembele's son 10. So fucking <laughs> mean, I'll miss it. <laughs> Pep Guardiola is a board fraud. Chevy overrated. Paul Scores was better. He sounds like he's just got a bunch of 12 year olds that don't. Hashtag announce Arteta. Oh, sorry, no, 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 that's real. <laughs> that one's real. Samuel Untit is the greatest defender. <laughs> was when Dembele ever miss it? <laughs> That, I don't even know what to say to this because it's just absolutely ridiculous. Just when you think these past 12 to 18 months couldn't get any worse for Barcelona and then this comes out and happens today is... It has blown my mind to think how deeply bad they've gone in the last 12 months because they'd already... Sat, uh, so, who's the manager that... He was the manager before, last season. Before Setien came in. Before Setien. God. Really Valverde. Ernesto Valverde. Something like that. Yes. Ernesto Valverde was, appoint, uh, was appointed. That just seemed to be the wrong appointment from the off. And they got rid of him last January, was it? Something like that. And then uh, Kike Setien came in. Again, wrong appointment. They have a bad end to the season in all competitions, finishing off with the 8-2 humiliation in the Champions League. He is then sacked by the club after that humiliation. Then the rife between Messi and the board comes out. Messi then wants to leave and that whole saga takes over the summer. Then President Bartomeu resigns from his position. Then... The club hire Ronald Koeman as the manager and get off to a poor start in La Liga. Then, two, three weeks ago, the stuff about Messi's contract was leaked. It's also claimed that Barcelona are in the most debt in La Liga due to the pandemic. And they're a good few billion pounds over. That's why they haven't been able to sign anyone. And now this, I mean... They are becoming the laughing stock of football. They make Arsenal look normal. I mean, how the hell is that possible? <laughs> how do you make Arsenal look normal? Oh. It, it, it's Tony Shaw secretly running Barcelona. <laughs> I don't even think he was that bad for Jesus. I think they just need a massive clear out and or just fold the club and restart again. Oh, God, no, they can't do that. They just need something happening. Let's hope this new president that gets elected this week can sort it all out. Well, if the rumours are that obviously Joanne Laporte is the favourite now, I think. Yeah. And if you've seen the paper reports of him today, 
No, I haven't. What's he been up to? Oh, God. <laughs> the rumoured manager he wants in. Xavi? Mikel Arteta. No. Who, who's the manager? He wants to be serious. There were rumours of him being interested in Mikel Arteta. Oh, for the love of God and all that is holy. This club hey, is just a win over Leicester nowadays is massive. A half injured Leicester. We literally just discussed that we're missing a bunch of their players this season, and Harvey Barnes went off injured. I'm not having this. On, I saw this in the Sky report uh, paper talk. Jesus wept. This is this club is really going down the drain. No wonder Messi's going to end up leaving this summer. Right, uh, that's enough talk about Barcelona for now. Uh, so a wrap-up of La Liga action. The club did actually win on the pitch on Saturday thanks to uh, Lionel Messi and Usman Dembele goals. It'd be hilarious if they did still win the league. <laughs> I mean, they could still do, but that would be a crazy season. And Atletico Madrid beat Villarreal 2-0 thanks to João Felix goal and an own goal by Alfonso Pedraza. Real Madrid versus Real Sociedad hasn't happened as that late. That is later on today. So Atletico remain top of La Liga by five points uh, behind Bos- uh, ahead of Barcelona, who have played a game more. Over in Italy, Juventus were held to a one-one draw against Hellas Verona. The home side uh, scored with. 13 minutes left on the clock thanks to an Antonin Barak goal. Uh, however, Cristiano Ronaldo did score just after half-time for Andrea Pirlo's side. Inter Milan ran out 3-0 winners against Genoa. Alexis Sanchez, Matteo Damian and Romelu Lukaku all on the school sheet for Antonio Conte, which I don't think they ever did uh, once at Manchester United on the school sheet at the same time. Elsewhere, AC Milan beat Roma... 2-1 thanks to Ante Rebic and Frank Kessie with the goals though Jordan Veretout scored for Roma and Napoli beat Benevento 2-0 despite playing the last nine minutes with 10 men after Kaladu Kulabali was sent off for Napoli so that means Inter remain top AC in second with four point gap separating the two sides then Juventus and Atalanta rounding off the top four over in Germany, on Friday, Werder Bremen beat Frankfurt 2-1. And then on Saturday, Stuttgart beat Schalke 5-1. And that ended uh, the Schalke manager's reign at the club and become the fourth manager to be sacked by the team this season, which is absolutely a ridiculous story. Elsewhere, Borussia Dortmund won 3-0 against Arminia Byfield with Renier... Jaden Sancho and Mohamed Dahoud with the goals and for Dahoud's goal, Jaden Sancho got the assist and brought up his 50th assist for Borussia Dortmund becoming the youngest player to get 50 assists in uh, quick succession and Bayern Munich beat FC Köln 5-1 thanks to Serge Gnabry Brace, Robert Lewandowski Brace and an Eric Trooper moting goal as well and Leipzig beat Mönchengladbach 3-2 thanks to a stoppage time winner from Alexander Sorloff um, right and the big game that happened in France that we had for our predictions league Marseille versus Lyon finished one apiece uh, though Lyon finished with 10 men after Lucas Paqueta was sent off with 20 minutes remaining so talking on predictions league it was god awful week for us all uh, 
the only game we got points were AC Milan versus Roma. You got three perfect points for predicting a 2-1 victory. I got two points for predicting uh, AC Milan to win every other game we got wrong. This is this is the first week. No, I think I've just realised that I actually won. No, I think it's the second time you've won it. Still. <laughs> Must be a good way. But the fact that I'm not even over 100 points yet is still <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, are we going to see the ultimate bottle drop? I hope not. Right, uh, I'll hand over to you now for Did You See That? Something weird is going on. Shit! Did you see that? Yes, it's that time of the show again. So, well, you've already taken one of my options. You dick. We were going to speak on Sean Dyche and Nick Pope and all that stuff, but you ruined it. Look, I had a joke planned and everything. It just doesn't work now in the context you... <laughs> so instead I have to go on to the Puskas contender that was Elisha Sam's goal for Notts County at the weekend You're saying contender Contender well, It's still contender at this point You never know but I think it will probably be At least in the top two If he doesn't win this Then this, the winner that has to be The greatest goal ever scored in football history Because that goal Wow I mean, I'll let you go into more detail about it. Well, Cross comes in and he does a scorpion kick. <laughs> There's not much detail, it was just, just that. It really was incredible. Um, for, he, um, he's not going to win the Puskas because he plays for North County. Who are but that, in... That's just how it works. If Lassan does that, then... It's just... Absolutely crazy. So it was against uh, Oxford City in the FA Trophy quarterfinal, which uh, I didn't even know that competition was still going, actually. I thought uh, it had been suspended due to uh, COVID. But yeah, um, when you showed me that, I was like, that can't be real. But absolutely phenomenal goal for... uh, Elijah and if we said his name wrong we apologize on the commentary they said Eli Sam which is his his full name Mm. absolutely phenomenal Um, on to women's football now and we finally finally at the fourth fourth attempt managed to get Arsenal versus Aston Villa at the Bank Stadium yes it wasn't for one half maybe yeah, so in the first half it was nil-nil and Aston Villa were doing really well at holding Arsenal out, but just before the hour mark, Viviana Miedemont broke the deadlock with an easy goal. And then... Uh, was he there that scored it? I didn't think she scored. Yeah, she scored the first goal. Yeah. Then... Uh, weird, I didn't hear you scream when it... <laughs> <didn't>. <laughs> Uh, nine minutes later Jordan Nobbs doubled the lead for Arsenal with a lovely finish and then uh, six minutes later Katie McCabe scored possibly the goal of the season 
steady on. So far in the WSL. Uh, so it was are. lovely. We've seen quality goals. Come on. No, but this was an absolute rocket. She was about 25, maybe 30 yards out and absolutely rockets the ball, top left-hand corner pass, uh, an outstretched Lisa Vice in goal for Aston Villa to make it 3-0. And then uh, Lisa Evans scored a header with two minutes to go to seal uh, the victory for Arsenal to get them back to winning ways. Manchester City beat Birmingham City 4-0 as well. Sam Mewis scored a brace and Lauren Hemp and Caroline Weir with the other goals for Gareth Taylor's side to put the pressure on Chelsea to cut the gap down to two points. And then the final game for me, which was definitely the most entertaining out of the three games, was Everton versus Tottenham at the Hive Stadium. And it was Everton that ran out three two winners. Valerie Govan scoring two penalties in the first half and Jill Scott scoring the header just after the hour mark though Gemma Davison and Angela Addison did score the goals for Tottenham Hotspur which um, no change has happened to the table at all in the WSO though uh, Everton have closed the gap slightly well they haven't really closed the gap but there's a four point gap between them and Arsenal and they've stretched the gap out to Reading uh, having a game in hand over Reading as well so that is all the women's football talk. Um, any other news that we may have missed in the world of football? Nothing massively. No, that's harsh. Don't say massively news, but nothing of uh, upbeat. <laughs> um, Sheffield Wednesday have announced they have a new manager in terms of Darren Moore, the former. West Bromwich Albion defender uh, was announced today as a coach. Um, who was, was their coach previously? Yeah, Sheffield. Yeah. Was it Tony Pulis? That was their last permanent coach. Was I believe he? so. It's weird yes. they just never reported anyone. Yeah, they just seem to go I mean, for a long time. That club is in a state. Yeah. Um... Bit of sad news that former Newcastle, Norwich City and West Ham manager Glenn Roder passed away on Sunday evening. Um, I think, was it due to a brain tumour, he said? Yeah, it was a long illness. Yes. Um, There's other potentially distressing news that I've seen as well. It to do with... Um, I nearly said Colchester United. Did I just say it? Yeah, I'll let you take yeah, this. So Steve uh, Shrewsbury, town manager, Steve Cottrell was, re- it was discharged from hospital. The other week has now just been readmitted to hospital, sadly. So we send best wishes to him. Yes, uh, 100%. Um, it seems to be uh, pneumonia, I think the BBC were reporting it as. Uh, not too long ago. He's not which been is... recovering from COVID as well, it would seem. Mm, which is uh, really sad because he had spent uh, 33 days in hospital previously. So uh, let's hope he doesn't spend long there and he uh, is able to come home soon and continue on. Uh, like we said, we do send our best wishes to Steve Cottrell and the whole Cottrell family and obviously those close to Glenn Roder in this sad time. 
Right, that is the end of our show. We will be back later on this week. Depressing end. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Uh, we'll be back at the end of the week to look ahead to this weekend's fixtures. Um, I'm not too sure if we've got any big games to look ahead to. Uh, but it's we'll a whole midweek of action. Is there? We've got seven games, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six games. This yeah. midweek, yeah. One of them is Liverpool Chelsea, or the the next part may have will have been recorded by the time that has happened. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, we do have a full set of or oh, six games this midweek, and that is due to the fact that uh, a lot of these teams will be playing later on in the month in the FA Cup later on. So the games that we have. Uh, to look forward to is Man City versus Wolves on Tuesday, then Wednesday Burnley, Leicester, Sheffield United, Aston Villa, Crystal Palace, Manchester United on Wednesday, and on Thursday West Brom versus Everton, Liverpool versus Chelsea. So uh, you'll have all of them to look forward to. Um, anything? Any more for any more? Or is that everything? There isn't. Literally, if we ever had a merch deal, one is that you're getting any more for any more printed on the front. Or, I mean, yes. Just it's your catchphrase at this point. I mean, that you've just. <laughs> that was a joke, of course. Right. Like I said, we'll see you on Thursday or possibly Friday for our preview show. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you soon. <laughs>